Well, and welcome to Sunday Coffee. LSU winning yesterday 28-25 over Mississippi State. It's a nice morning here in Startville. Uh, got a lot of crowd that's still around, milling around. A lot of folks milling around downtown. Charlie, looking back at yesterday's game, I guess first and foremost, we can look at our numbers. and We had our Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday, see how that all played out. But just your initial thoughts you know, we talked about it on the post-game show last night about how, for the most part, you played okay yesterday, but you gave up big plays. Everybody had mistakes, whether it be offense, defense, special teams. But after you had a chance to sleep on it uh, last night, what are your thoughts? I feel a little bit better this morning looking back at the ball game than I did as I was leaving. But I go back to something we talked about yesterday on the post-game show. I think this team right now is pretty good other than – And what I mean by the other than is we're doing a lot right. Two straight weeks we've won the stat sheet, and you can say, well, who cares? Well, I care from this standpoint. It shows what you're capable of doing. It shows that you're putting up more yards than your opponent, that you're doing a lot of things better than your opponent, but the other thans are getting you. Some penalties at bad times, some drops at bad times, some misses at bad times, some busted coverages, three of them yesterday at really bad times. So – it feels like as, as much as you tend to have a reaction of we're not any good, this, that, or the other, we're a few small but very important things away from being a much better football team. You know, I got asked yesterday, and I'm, we talk about our text groups all the time, and I think the more we talk about our text groups, the more that our text groups get active. <laughs> and one of the questions, it was a simple question yesterday that someone asked, you know, is our defense really any good? Because, you know, you look at the first game of the year, you gave up big plays against Louisiana Tech. You look at NC State, who had opportunities and didn't make those big plays. You look at Memphis, who had a couple of big plays in there. And then you look yesterday, for the most part, the only thing you give up was big plays. And I said, you know, you bring up a good question because I look out there and I think our defense is good. I look at out there, you know, 85% of the time and say, man, this defense is really good, and this is not a knock at our defense. I want to draw a baseball analogy for you, Charlie. And so many times we see guys come in here and the starting pitcher has a six ERA, and you're sitting there going, okay, this guy's got a six ERA. We're going to get after him today. And then the first inning rolls around, he comes out, he throws a slider that's at 82 miles an hour, and he's painting a fastball in the outside corner. He strikes out the first three guys. He comes out there in the second inning, and he gets you know a couple of strikeouts and a weak ground ball. The third inning, he comes out, and he throws five pitches. And we're looking at each other going, how in the world does this guy have a six ERA? And then the fourth inning rolls around, he walks the leadoff guy, and then your leading home run hitter, he grooves a fastball right down the middle, and he drives a two-run home run out of the ballpark. And you're sitting there going, okay, okay. Now yeah. I get it. Yeah, he's got a six ERA. For 85% of the time, he's good. He's really good. But at the end of the season, at the end of the day, he's got a 6 ERA. And so it doesn't matter the end point of how you get to that 6 ERA, whether it's giving up, you know, a a walk and a run here and there, but then you give up that big home run. I mean, at the end of the day, you got a 6 ERA. Well, I can make the argument that it matters, and, and I'll tell you why. Because if let's take your baseball example, okay? If I'm a pitching coach, I know that I've got some talent I can work with. I know that I've got a guy who has the capability of doing it, 
And now what we have to do is come back and we have to talk about, all right, how do we react to that walk? What was the mistake we made? Why was it in our head that we had to get that fastball over for a strike compared to football? It's not like we were Vanderbilt, who barely had more yards yesterday than Georgia did points. There's nothing to work with there. That's the guy who's grooving the fastball every inning, right? That's the guy who, if he gets away with it, it's because they caught it on the warning track. So what I would say, the only thing, and I, I, I agree, you know, Bill Parcell said you add it all up, you are what you are when it's all said and done. And right now we're a team that struggles to give up big plays. The good thing is I look out there on defense and, and I see something I can work with. The problem is we got to get to working because one of the challenges we have is it goes back to that other than, right? Other than the big plays, we've been great, but those big plays count just the same. And maybe, you know, some would argue that's kind of the nature of college football right now. Yeah, and, and going back to the point, I think to to your point, and I think what you're trying to say is this, there is going to be a game sometime this year. And maybe it was NC State. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was the game we beat the team we weren't supposed to beat. They beat Clemson yesterday. But sometime this year, you're not going to give up that two-run home run. Sometime this year, it's going to happen where you come out and you pitch those eight strong innings and you're really good – and don't give up the other thans. It's going to happen. That's that's when when you start working with guys like that. They they have some they have some situations of when they figure it out and they get the confidence and they have consistency. Then all of a sudden they figure it out. And I think that's very similar on the offensive side as well. Once you get that consistency, and you heard Mike Leach talk about that yesterday, you've got something to work with. And I went home last night, and, you know, the first thing, it's so simple when you start talking to 10-year-olds. And my 10-year-old looked at me and says, Dad, are we bad? I was like, no, I don't think we're bad. And I started trying to explain to him, I've seen bad. Oh, boy, have I. In the 2000s, we've seen bad. This ain't bad. No, we're this mistake is, prone. This is, fr- this is, and that's the thing. What you saw in the 2000s led to apathy because when you showed up, you just hoped you kept within 20 points of LSU and Alabama. You just came to tailgate, and hopefully we don't embarrass ourselves as a university. And every now and then, once every four years, like it did against Florida in 2004, what the heck happened out there today? No, that's not the same case. We're mad because we're aggravated and we're emotional about what we have seen the last two weeks because we know if you know football and you understand football, and I'm not talking down to anybody whatsoever right now. I'm talking to the casual sports fan. If you see the product on the field, you know we are not bad. You know we have the opportunity to be okay. And I think that's what's frustrating is how close you get to winning games like yesterday and you give up a bad penalty here, three missed coverages here, two guys running together here, a missed block here. At the end of the day, Charlie, I'm I'm looking at these stats, man. I'm looking at pro football focus, okay? Pro football focus is used by just about every college in America, just about every NFL group in America, because you know why? Their product is good. You know what pro football focus tells me? We had the highest offensive grade yesterday that we've had all year long, that Will Rogers – had the highest offensive grade he's had in his career. I'll bet I know who didn't have their highest grade yesterday. Receivers. Wideouts. Five drops yesterday. 
It was a tough day for them. So let's let's look at our numbers from Friday. We had our Tracks Plus deep dig, and Charlie and I on our Friday show, when we get into numbers, we have three three numbers that we come up with. And, of course, my first one was nine, okay? And the, what my nine was was nine completions between 10 and 20 yards downfield. We didn't get close to that. We had four of nine yesterday. Will threw nine passes. It was funny. You know, my, my first two numbers were nine and four. Nine completions between 10 and 20. And then my number was four for Malik Heath. And the first pass play of the game was a 12-yard out in that area to Malik Heath. And you're thinking, I'm on the money early here Heath. today. But at the end of the day, Will was 6 of 7 in the first week in that 11 to 20, 7 of 13 the second week, 5 of 8 in the third week, and yesterday 4 for 9. And when you start looking in that medium range, 4 for 9, we had two drops in there. So we didn't throw it as well as I would have liked to have seen. LSU LSU kind of tightened up that area a little bit, but I thought we attacked it. We tried to attack it more. I look at, you know, downfield. One of your numbers was downfield. We went 15 times yesterday, 10 to 20 and above, where we attempted those passes. We went 6 of 15 in those categories. We didn't throw as many behind the line of scrimmage. So did we have the nine completions? No, we didn't. Did we have Malik Heath having the huge day yesterday? I think the fumble early on kind of skews you just a little bit because he wasn't bad yesterday. Malik Heath's average depth of target yesterday was 11 yards. So we went to him in that area between 11 and 20. Malik just had that fumble early on. My third number was sacks. I said we needed three sacks. We had two sacks yesterday. I said, how are we going to get them? I said, we're going to confuse Max Johnson. He's going to hold on to the ball. That's how the two sacks came because he held on to the ball. The first touchdown LSU had. Woof. Should have been a sack. Oof. We brought the pressure. We brought the pressure. Safety went right by him. He steps up in the pocket, throws the touchdown pass. You should have had three. From an offensive line standpoint, I said we can't give up more than three. We gave up one sack yesterday. And let me tell you this. I thought congratulations to Mason Miller and your offensive line group. I thought our offensive line yesterday played as well as we have seen in the two years under Mike Leach. Am I wrong on saying that? No, they were good. We didn't even have a holding penalty yesterday. We and, got downfield twice. And that was one of your things, too, is about two holding penalties. And I thought that, I thought a lot of that, so much of that is determined by what officials are going to let play. I mean, I thought LSU got away with an egregious holding penalty early on in the game. And I almost tweeted out, I guess you know, we can say right now we're not going to throw any flags for holding today, but I didn't. I held that back, kind of surprisingly. I thought it, but I was scared to say it because we would get one. Yeah, and then uh, so neither and, team. It, it, then all of a sudden, it all plays out where they just hey, they let us play yesterday, and I'm I'm fine, pretty much fine with if, if you let them let us play like this. Kind of like establishing strike zone as an umpire. I don't care if you call it two inches off the plate, just as long as you stay consistent with it. Yeah, so let's take a look at my numbers. I had three numbers like you. My first number was a hundred. I said the team that won this game would have a hundred yards rushing. I was wrong. We did have a hundred yards rushing, particularly if you look at. The sack-adjusted numbers, we had 117. LSU had 78. LSU tried to run the football yesterday. They had 27 carries. We, meanwhile, had 26. So I thought both those teams wanted to run the football. They tried to do it. I thought we did a pretty good job defensing the run for the most part. We got up, and if we didn't make the first tackle, we at least had guys rallying to the football and making the second or sometimes the third. We missed some tackles yesterday. I was wrong on that, though. I thought if we went over 100, we would win the ball game. Now, we were in a position to, but didn't do it. 
My second number was four, and that's how many times I wanted to see us throw it down the field over 20 yards. We did that. We, we did pass my number there. And the second was I wanted to see us under two holding calls. We didn't have one. We made up for it with two guys downfield illegally. Two different guys got that penalty. Both of them negated completions. We lost about a 10 or 15-yard completion to one penalty, so a, a net effect of about 15 yards after you take away the gain and add on the penalty. And then we lost, I think, a five-yard completion. So yesterday, basically, we had a net 25 loss as a result of illegal man downfield. That being said, if you pick up any game tape and watch it, there are linemen downfield, particularly in the RPO-based offenses. There are guys five yards downfield. In fact, I was joking earlier this week that that penalty might as well be abandoned. So I don't take any shots at our offensive linemen for getting that one. All told, I thought our offensive line did good. I am a little surprised that we didn't win the football game with the rushing performance that we had. But I want to go back to this, Bart. You know, when we started our first show, what did we call it? it was, uh, the Monday cool down. Monday cool it. down. Yeah, and the idea was we were going to give it to Monday, cool down, and then come back and evaluate. I went back and looked. Here's our drives in the second half yesterday. We took the football after a kickoff. We drive to their 15, miss a field goal. Second drive, we go three and out. But then eight plays, 75 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 66 yards, touchdown. We also, in the first half, by the way, had a 14-play drive for 80 yards and a field goal. In the second half, though, yesterday, we had five possessions. Three were touchdowns. One was a missed field goal. We weren't bad. And, and you go back and you look at that first drive of the game, it comes up empty. Well, we had a pretty good little drive going there to start the football game. And it was interesting, too, because we talked about wanting to play with tempo. You could see our guys. I mean, we were moving. And our guys are looking at the sidelines saying, give me the call, give me the call, give me the call. We had a pretty good drive other than we fumble it. Had a pretty good drive going again on our third possession other than we throw an interception. I'm not bothered by that interception necessarily because we were at least throwing it downfield when we incurred it. But if you go back and you look yesterday, our, we had one three and out in 11 times we had the football. We moved it. We put together – Four drives over 10 plays that resulted in either a score or a missed field goal opportunity. We weren't terrible on offense. We weren't great. We weren't terrible. Do you attribute any of that to the ability to run the football? And I was sitting there yesterday, and I was thinking a little bit like NC State because it seemed to me like we were running left a lot. Okay, we're going to run behind our best offensive player in Charles Cross. And then He was good yesterday. He was. But then you look at the numbers. We ran 12 times left. We ran nine times right. So we were more balanced than I actually thought we were. But we ran the ball well. We blocked it well running for the most part. Because what has been the whole thing? On first down this year, we had run it like 26 times, and we were averaging 1.85 yards a carry. Yesterday, we were getting yards per carry. Middle left, just off left side, we had three attempts for 26 yards, 8.7 yards three first downs in there. So we went kind of middle left a couple times where we were really, really good. But running the football, and you kind of wonder what that did to LSU defensively. And when we got down to, you know, inside the 20-yard the line, they would go to a four-man front where they've been running three all day long, and they would kind of, you know, clog things up a little bit more. Going back to you, you Charlie, and 
the drives that we had, we had the missed field goal. And I think the thing that stands out to me, there are, there are triggers for everyone. And one of the things that triggers me is that fade route on third down. And <laughs> I, I feel it. <laughs> he knew it was coming. And we went to that fade route on third down in, what, third down and five, and we go fade route to Malik Heath off left side. And I know the other guy is going to say, well, he was wide open. You missed him. And it goes back to the point I make on fade routes on third down. There are so many things that have to come into play for that play to work. Because I know as a quarterback, and I remember as a quarterback, to throw that pass play correctly, you're throwing it to the back pylon. But in that case, you're throwing it halfway into the end zone. But you're giving that pass play air where the only guy that can catch that football is your guy. And so if you're going to miss long, and that's what coaches try to tell you, if you're going to miss long, on, if you're going to miss on that play, you miss long. There are so many factors that have to hit for that play to work. Keep in mind, too, we had an interception already on a ball that was a little bit underthrown. Right. Hey, and I go back to the point, you know, we start talking about that mid-range, and it was funny how we, we talked about Will Rogers coming into the game about the quadrant on the area – uh, Wyatt was giving me a hard time about saying the word quadrant yesterday. In the mid-range, 11 to 20, on the right side, Will Rogers coming in was 11 to 15. He was 0 for 2 in that area yesterday. What's that tell you? And one was an interception. What does that tell you? Scout. LSU took that away. Yes, they did. I mean, you want to start talking about games within the game? LSU took away that mid-range, 11 to 20, on the right side. We talked about it on Friday. That's where Will has been good this year. LSU's got defensive analysts. They're sitting in that staff room. That's the pass they took away from us yesterday was 11-20 to 20 on the right side because that's where he's been good, and that's where he threw the pick. Yeah, it was. And I said that pick was underthrown. I don't – it wasn't terribly underthrown. I mean, he had a man back there, but there was coverage. There was coverage. I, you know, a lot of people have said, well, you had a guy open on the other side, and I didn't see it candidly. I was watching the throw in that route. I thought that guy was going to come open. I thought we might have had a big play there. I didn't see the guys people were saying were open on the backside. And sometimes, one thing I've noticed, sometimes people say he had a guy open. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes there are. But the other thing I've noticed from people that that you talk to, and after the ball is in the air and it goes incomplete, then they look to see who doesn't have anybody standing around them. And they say, well, see, that guy was open over there. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So you got to have two things. One, they not only have to get open – before the ball's thrown, but they also have to be open when it comes to them and their progression. It's a lot easier sitting, you know, kind of at a press box level to look down and see who was open. But if you're not open when the guy is at your number in the progression, it does you no good. At the end of the day, when I left there yesterday, and we were talking about it on the postgame show, you know, and the, neg- the negative part, the 50%. I haven't met him. You haven't? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't know if we're that good. We may not be any good. And I was like, you know, LSU's not any good. They're not very good. They're okay. They're so, not very good. No. So I'm going to go back to the point. I'm going go to the, go to the point I'm making is then all of a sudden I get home last night, and I don't like an 11 o'clock kick just like everybody else. I don't like it. If there is something positive about 11 o'clock kick is you can get home and watch the night games. The negative about losing an 11 o'clock game is, is you get home and you're mad and you really can't enjoy that night of football because you keep on thinking back to, well, I really can't be a smart aleck and say anything because we lost today. But I got the looking around. You start looking at Auburn yesterday. You start looking at Oregon 
last night who almost lost to Arizona, who has the longest losing streak in the FBS. You look at Iowa yesterday, who was taken to the brink by Colorado State, a team that lost to Vanderbilt. But put that in perspective. I got to looking around, man, and it's like a, a baseball coach told me a few years, I don't know if anybody's any good. you know. <laughs> and, it, and so I, I think about the point of if you read message boards of anybody in America right now, I wonder the percentage of fan bases that are happy with, A, their quarterback, be their offense, and three, their overall team performance. So I got I to interrupt you one second and tell you this. So I pulled up the Clemson message board this morning. Clemson was bad yesterday. and Clemson's been bad all year offensively. And I, I just pulled up the, the complaints about their offensive coordinator. Keep in mind, they played for three national titles in recent memory. And I've got this one. I blame him for us not winning two to three national championships with Lawrence and ETN. Next guy, he's working himself right out of a career. Seriously, what high school would even touch that guy? What a joke. And then they go on and on and on and talk about how things just aren't working at Clemson anymore. Wouldn't you love to have their problems? Yeah, and listen, I'm not a fan of Joel Klatt. He's okay as an analyst. But I heard Joel give an interview, and I really took something from it last week where he said, I think the quality of football may be down a little bit. I think you see a lot of the drill-down specifics where teams have been very good in years past where they're not as crisp this year as they've been in years past. And I think that's a trend that's been going on for a few years because coaches now with the transfer portal – it's almost like, and I, I don't know what goes on at our practice. I don't go to our practice. And I'm, I'm not saying this is Mississippi State's problem. I'm saying this is a college football problem. Uh, with the instant gratification of transferring, you saw the quarterback at Utah do it last week. He got benched. He transfers. And you kind of wonder what the coaches are going through on the practice field about how can they coach. Can they drive in the details that we've always seen, can they coach hard anymore because you're scared to death that that guy that you've worked so hard to get onto your campus and recruit so well, you're scared to death that if you say anything negative, he's going to get on the phone with mama and uncle and everybody else, and they're going to say, hey, we can get you a better deal going somewhere else. Hey, remember back there, Ryan Day at Ohio State was a popular name in some prior coaching searches, right, back when he was the offensive coordinator under Urban. I was like, got to go get Ryan Day. Got to go get Ryan Day. Ryan Day yesterday had a linebacker walk off the field and leave his team during the middle of a game. During the middle of a game, guy tries to go on the field. The guy out there waves him off. He tries to take his jersey off. He walks to the dressing room. Somebody goes, gets him. They bring him back. He comes out, has some things to say. So they then decide, let's take him back to the dressing room. Should have left him there. At which point he gets on Twitter and starts dropping expletives about the Ohio State University. It's an issue everywhere. I mean, it's not just your bad programs who are dealing with this. I think everybody, save for maybe a very select few, are dealing with this right now. And the quality, the product to me is in danger. And I go back, you talked about Spencer Rattler. How happy do you think people are out there right now to be seeing his Dr. Pepper ads? Well, not just Spencer Rattler. I mean, isn't DJ Ungalele from Clemson in those Dr. Pepper ads? Is that who had the Dr. Pepper? Spencer he's got Rattler Dr. had something. He's what got a logo. He, he, came oh, out okay. with, he came out with his own logo. You look at Bo Nix, he, he was at Auburn. I mean, he was benched yesterday. 
in the second half of the Auburn game, and now they got a full-fledged quarterback controversy after Finley leads them 98 yards to come from behind to beat Georgia State yesterday. They're going to cut his allotment of Milo's sweet tea over there. Yep, Derek, Derek King, that was the, the big name down at Miami. He's been awful here early in this year. And so I go back to the point of, you know, what are fans on message boards and what are fans thinking and saying, hey, I've got no problem with kids making money off their NIL. i got no problem with that whatsoever. But you know what it means? It means, all right, you're stepping into the big boys. You want to be a pro, you got to be able to take it. you got to be able to handle it. And then, so what are people saying? Yes, well, let me tell you this. If he wasn't worried about his T-shirt deal on Thursday night and had been watching West Virginia coverage, we'd have been all right yesterday. Heard and they, a little they, bit of that during baseball season, didn't they? They booed Spencer Rattler last night at Oklahoma. And so I, I go back to, you know, what are we grading ourselves off of? You know, we leave the game yesterday, and I, I heard several folks say, we're terrible. We're not any good. LSU's not any good. Well, I mean, they're, they're – They ultimately compared to what? What are you comparing everything to? Because if you look at the product in college football right now, everybody is beatable. Four what months do we hear about Alabama? Oh, I mean, they almost lost last week. And everything we hear is that – and look, they almost lost to a Florida team that's – Okay. They're not, okay. Not great. And – Everybody's talking about, well, they're going to lose, they're going to lose, and they may lose a couple. I think we're in a different environment right now in college football. I, we thought last year would be the strange year. I'm not sure the strangeness has left us. No, I think the strange year is this year. And I go back to the point. It's kind of what I was talking about with our defense and being that pitcher, and every now and then you're going to have that outing. Every now and then in an offense you're going to have that outing. Let me tell you this. I look at our schedule, and I see two no-doubt wins on there. Vandy's wretched. Oh, you did it. They're wretched. They're, <laughs> let me tell you this. If we lose to Vanderbilt, <laughs> then you're, you'll be – I am you going give, to, right? You'll be on the message boards. Yeah, I'm going to be on the message boards. <laughs> My Twitter will be phenomenal that night, I can assure you. How many years you got in the state system? <laughs> and then I we, want to check your math. And then we've got, what, Tennessee State, right? But I look at the rest of the games, and you're going to call me crazy right here. I think every single one of the other games is a losable game. Each of those games as well. Now, Alabama – You just told me they're all losable. You're telling me the rest of them are winnable also? I'm going to tell you, it would not surprise me. The craziness of Bart, it would not surprise me if you won any of those games. I'm going to tell you that right now. It would not surprise me if we win any of those games. It would, it would, it would not su surprise It you. would surprise me if we beat Alabama. Okay. It so would let's it would, this away here. Okay, let's, let's throw that out would there. Would it surprise you if you go to College Station and win next week? Absolutely not. Yeah, me either. They're not terribly great either, are they? No, they're not. And that's the thing. They're sitting here at 3-1, and one, and here I am saying, eh, they're not that great. Okay, if you ask me before the season what's a more winnable game, College Station or Fayetteville, I would tell you Fayetteville, no doubt. I'll tell you right now, the more winnable game right now, I think – is College Station over Fayetteville. Oh, yeah. yeah and uh, here's the reason why. It's not because Arkansas beat Texas A&M yesterday. What did we say last year when we left the Arkansas game? Arkansas was built for that three-drop eight. They play that cloud coverage. That's who they are. I mean, you start talking about, you know, LSU was a four-man front. Yesterday they ran three. They set back with eight. That's what Arkansas is. They have a defense that's built to combat us. That's what they do for a living, right? A&M. After getting kind of shell-shocked, Jerry World, Death Star yesterday, it would not surprise me at all for us to go to Texas A&M and win next week. So, obviously, coaches are a popular topic. And I don't know anybody outside of Tuscaloosa and, and apparently only some of them in Clemson 
who are happy with the coach that they have. That's kind of the popular thing now. You know, when we win, everything's great. We lose, let's fire everybody. See the video of Dabo running down. You know, running down, that's one of the great traditions in college football, but how Dabo comes out first and then runs out and acts like kind of a fool running out in the middle of the field. There's a guy who's kind of let it go to his head a little bit. Not a little bit, a lot. I have had people furious with me over the years because when there was a coach now at Liberty up in Oxford, I said I'm not a big fan. Uh, I kind of feel like I see through the, the routine. I've said that about Dabo from day one, and people lose their minds getting mad at me about what a great guy Dabo is, and I'm just telling you, there's a. I will just say this, Bart. You and I have been around a lot of coaches. The popular perception of coaches and the reality isn't always the same, and that can be good or bad. You know, I I've got plenty of stories about coaches that I thought I hated until I got to know them, and then there's some there's another side to some. <laughs> and the public perception ain't always right. Um. All right. So Charlie, let's kind of bring it back in and losing yesterday 28 25 do you want to mention by the way that we are in the farm bureau studios i mean you just you just went to work today you were coming out of the gates hot you know some days you would ask you know if i've cooled down at all i think i think you you came in here with energy you got some sunday morning energy today yeah we came in this morning i got my strange brew coffee i got a tall today you did too i see where you got a tall cup of strange brew coffee did you go to the 12 location i don't know what tall is i just said large well, it's, I got a tall boy. Oh, okay. Makes it tall. Yeah. Did you go to the 12 location? I went to Highway 12 and hit the drive through today. Did you? I actually went into the university drive, the same thing I always do. They're very nice when I walk in the door. They say, hey, Bart, how you doing? I walk in. And they said, well, you're in a bad mood this Sunday morning, Bart. No. You need I to cool down. had a smile on my face. I said, hey, would you like a blueberry cobbler? I said, yes, I would. Would you like room for cream and sugar? i tell you what. Let's make it a little light today. So I walk on over here. Strange Brew Coffee House, three locations, two here in Starville, one in the city of Tupelo. Hey, let me tell you this. It, it's good. First of all, the quality's good. Product's good. They're always nice. They're always just fantastic to deal with. But their pastries are good. Just good people. I like Shane Reed. I think they just had a baby. I think they had a baby this past week. Congratulations to Shane. I'm glad that it's them having a baby. And Oh, man. Man, looking back, golly. I got four. <laughs> I survived. Zone dude. defense, man. So, Strange Brew Coffee House. And once again, we are in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starville. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Great customer service. We talk about it all the time about the Farm Bureau and the job that they do. Charlie, we did come in here, man. We went the full guns blazing. You know, we had a lot to say today. We, uh, we didn't talk about any sponsors, we didn't talk about Tracks Plus. How can you not talk about Tracks Plus? I mean, you got the Barco equipment for the Foresters. Clean out that, do some clear cutting if you're. No, I have a question for you. Uh huh. Because I get, I've been out and I've seen the Barco equipment at work, and I am still, I, I've been telling everybody, it's phenomenal what somebody could do to a forest right now if they decided they wanted it gone. When you talk about clearing land, some of that machinery is the stuff of nightmares, man. It can just take it out in no time and turn it into dust. It's yeah, like they, that bandit mulcher, man. That's it's like thing. you throw you throw somebody in one of those things, you'll never hear from them again. No, you're you'll be to Mexico before they figure that out. <laughs> so, my but here's my question. I honestly don't know what when you you keep telling me that they have construction equipment. What does that mean? Well, dirt construction equipment from a standpoint of sandy, where you can use excavators. I mean, the use of an excavator, you can do anything with an excavator. You can dig a pond with an excavator. You can build a road with an excavator. 
You can put a mulching head on that thing, zip down a tree real quick. You can do anything with those big excavators. Those Sany excavators, man, yeah. Got the cabs on them, turn on the air conditioner, turn so on the radio, I'm, listen to I'm, a podcast. If I'm looking to move dirt, that's where I need to go, right? Yep, that's okay. it. That's it. Look All right. Move See, I learned something today. Vast volumes of dirt. And so that's Tracks Plus. Four locations, Hickory, Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, and Alexandria, Louisiana. Can I go on another rant? I would love to hear it, one this morning. not really a rant. Here's one of the other things I, I've heard a little bit about, and it's so many things you hear in sports you think I both agree and disagree. You ever have that where it's kind of right and kind of not? So here's what I go. I heard yesterday, of course, and we hear this a lot. How many politicians are like that? Chameleons. Yeah, I mean, just got to go your different ways, right? It's like me, man. I'm, I'm like that. You put me in Nanawaya, I can go Nanawaya. If oh, you I've need seen little, it. If you need a little mm-hmm. class – Put a jacket I've on. Seen, I've seen that Nanawaya attitude come out a few <laughs> times. A little Nanawaya justice here. So here's here's my thing. I heard yesterday, well, we checked down too much. We checked down too much. So I went back and said, okay, well, what does that mean? And you say, well, you're giving up a chance to hit a guy open downfield. But here's what we did checking down yesterday. Between, let's say, Woody Marks, okay, we checked it down to him nine times, completed all nine for an average of 7.4. And if you're willing to kind of suspend reality a minute and say, let me think of that effectively as a running play, it's basically an extended handoff. It's like a draw play. Treat it like a run. If you were to tell me, if I'd have told you yesterday, hey, I'm going to give Woody the ball nine times, he's going to rush it for an average of seven and a half, would you take it? And then if you want to treat it like a run, go in and add it to his actual rushing yards. He gave you 113 yards yesterday. Dylan Johnson. Nine out of 12, six and a half yards on average. He gave you a combined 109. So you got two running backs yesterday who both go over 100. And if you treat those plays like running plays or a substitute for the run, which they are in effect, what's to complain about? Now, you, let me be fair. Take the wheel route out of it, okay, because I think Mark scored on a wheel route. That's not a, a run play substitute. Eliminate that one, okay? Take 16 yards off of that. He still gives you a very good attack yesterday in the run-slash-run substitute game. Well, I said this yesterday on the postgame show, and I said it on Friday in the Tracks Plus Deep Dig about how when you look at our yards and everybody kind of oozing and over the passing yardage going over 400 yards, and I was like, well, you're, you're taking, taking it out of the category of running the football. You're putting all your yardage in the left column on the pass side, and you've got nothing in the right column. Well, yesterday we had 115 yards rushing, 371 yards passing. And how many of those, you say probably over 100 yards out of that 371, are essentially running plays to your running back? I'd say right at 100. Yeah, right at 100. So you look at total offense-wise, the number is at 486. That's a good number. 371 passing, 115. I, I, I would argue the point that yesterday, without doubt, was our best offensive performance that we've had because we were not one-dimensional at all. And I go back to the point, does it make you feel any better about losing to a, a very mediocre LSU team? No, it does not. You're 2-2, two and two, and now you've got A&M and Alabama right here on the edge. And how big does that game become at A&M because you do have Alabama coming in? You hate to call that a big game, but it is, isn't it? It, it does become a big game. Does it become a must-win? No. But it's getting there. I mean, it's getting to that point. So I say that to say this. This is a team that I think 
I think, I really believe it can get better as the season goes on if you just don't get beat down. And if you don't, and a lot of this has to do with injuries too. You kind of wonder about Emmanuel Forbes. You wonder about some of these guys are getting hurt because that was the big excuse that we made for ourselves last year, late in the year, is, well, we're just not deep. I mean, we had to go to Ole Miss and play with 50 guys. And we, you know, we're playing with walk-ons in the secondary because you couldn't feel it. Now you got to figure out what kind of depth you have in the secondary. We say we have better depth in the secondary this year. We're about to find out. Well, we've been worried about depth at corner, and so you're about to really find out. Didn't seem to hurt LSU yesterday. But, hey, by the way, when we talked about our numbers, let's talk about the guys that we profiled. We each had our players. I I had Boutte. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah, he good. is. He's not as good when you contest him. We didn't do a great job of contesting. Missed some tackles on him. Uh, and also had the left tackle position. They went with a guy there that we weren't expecting at all, kind of out of nowhere. They actually got pretty good play along their offensive line on the left side yesterday. You had the quarterback, Johnson. Who ended up being good. Yeah, he was all right. It helps when you got guys running naked. Yeah, he was 17 of 27. Threw it the fewest amount of times yesterday. He's thrown it all year long. Four touchdowns. Man, he has been a touchdown machine, man. 15 touchdowns in four games, three interceptions. He threw a pick. Average depth of target yesterday was 11. You know, a lot of those were those over-the-top plays. I mean, he just made some deep throws, and that was the thing about him. Now, the other guy had Major Burns, the uh, the safety. And Major Burns had by far and away his best game of the year. He graded out seventy, graded out the best, run defense the best, tackling the best. I mean, he was, he was missing all kind of tackles. Best coverage he's had all year. Without doubt, I'm talking about head and shoulders yesterday, the way he graded out. Uh, Major Burns was by far and large the best game he's had in his LSU career yesterday. I hope he didn't listen to the Friday Deep Dig. And <laughs> we challenged him. Yeah. He took it personal. Hey, let me give you something to be a little positive about. I think, though, before I do that, you hit the big issue if you keep it from falling apart. The challenge, I think, that a lot of programs right now are having Clemson's going to have this. We're having it is, all right, didn't start the way you wanted it to. I think, realistically, what do you think we'd be right now? Three and one? Yeah, three and one. And that's kind of where I expected to be. Worst case scenario, two and two with a loss to NC State and to LSU. But I thought we'd, I really thought we would beat LSU. I really did. So are you, are you going positive vibes right now? Yeah. Positive vibes brought to you by Bank First. Tremendous people, great customer service. Every time I walk in there, I have a positive vibe. But those guys are great, great with their customer service, commercial lending, whether it be a mortgage or mortgage refinance, deal with the people we deal with. They're across the state of Mississippi. They're into Alabama. They're just blowing and going right now because they are good, trusted people. And that's the fine, positive people of Bank First. So give me something positive. As I look at this football game yesterday and I look at this football season to date, Number one, we are capable of executing at the level we need to on offense. I go back to the second half yesterday. I go back to the fourth quarter of any game you want to look at. The bottom line is this offense can perform. And in the second half yesterday, it did. It gave you 21 points. Should have had more, you miss a chip shot field goal. So all that is to say, number one, we can move the ball. Number two, we can score. We have to fix a few things, and it's the difference in scoring 40 points in 24. The gap isn't that big. If I were to say, give me only two drops yesterday instead of five, where are we? If I were to say, you know, give me one of those penalties back, all those things are fixable. On defense, 
the reason in my mind that you lose that game yesterday is because LSU bombs it away from 40 yards three times for touchdowns. If you go back and you look at those, those shouldn't have happened. They're breakdowns. Breakdowns are so much easier to fix than, say, a situation where a team's just running right up the middle for eight yards of carry. I still believe in the SEC you got to win the line of scrimmage. We're doing a pretty decent job of winning the line of scrimmage. We just got to make a few more plays on the back end. This is not 1986, those last four games where, you know, Brent Fullwood came in here and went 10, 10, 15, 20 yards of carry, and there is no answer. There's no answer to that. Yeah, when you're, just, an demo- answer to what when you're just demoralized. Yeah. This is not a demoralizing situation. No, and, and people can rightly argue whether Mike Leach is – whether this offense will work. I just told you why I think it will. Whether Mike Leach is the right guy, all these things, that's part of being a fan. The, the thing that I want to argue strenuously against, though, when I see it is, man, it's just like the early 2000s. It's not. This is not the two and ten years, man. This isn't Maine. Those were games in, in times when we weren't competing. The game was over by halftime. We're competing. And if you go back and you look, we're winning the stat sheet. And you say, well, I don't care. I care about the scoreboard. But the bottom line is what that stat sheet shows you is we got something to work with. Yep, no doubt. Hey, enjoyed it as always. So Charlie and I had the deep dig on Friday. We'll have we'll come back with our out of left field show in the midweek this week on Wednesdays. We'll be on WFCA at uh, six o'clock on Wednesdays, one hundred seven point nine out of French Camp. Appreciate our friendships over there. So for Charlie Winfield, once again, thanks for our fine sponsors. Our Sunday coffee brought to you by Strange Brew Coffee House. Of course, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team here in downtown Starkville. And once again, thanks to our fine friends at Tracks Plus and Bank First. You've been listening to Sunday Coffee.